This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast wherein a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Mick read Catch Me If You Can, A Passport to Peril Mystery by Maddie Hunter. And I read Nalini Sings, Archangels Legion, a Guild Hunter novel. <laughs> and our dog has a, a big green ball and a lot of opinions. Oh, are you going to go upstairs and pout? No, I'm going to record an episode of Bibliovile because this is Bibliovile. Welcome back to another week of the Worst Book Exchange. Welcome back to another week of hearing a married couple tell inside jokes to each other. And welcome back to another week of hearing toenails on hardwood. (laughs) They're not my toenails, I promise. Our dog is very mad that we are doing this instead of paying attention to him. He has also somehow figured out that it is the computer's fault that we are doing this. And so he keeps trying to close the lid of the laptop with the ball. Or I drop it on the table. Thudding the ball very loudly on the table. So I hope that that does not make the worst audio experience possible. He's also not coming close enough for us to actually get the ball, uh, which makes it very difficult to do anything that he would want. Although now I've got it, so I have to sit in this very uncomfortable position the whole time and hold on to the ball. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Um well, we are back for another week. We promised you these books, and, and we certainly did read them. I read Catch Me If You Can by Maddie Hunter. Sue read something about angels and titties. Yeah, Archangel's Legion. She's got real big boobs. On the cover, at least. Yeah. Um. So we told the story of this last week. I don't know if this is going to be the most in-depth uh, episode, because neither of our books, disappointingly, uh, had a, a lot of meat on their bones, unlike the lady on the cover of your book. Despite mine being 400 friggin' pages long. And it's friggin' called Archangel's Legion for good. Like, look at it. I How do have it... some things to say about the Legion part. Oh, like many? Many things? Just a few. Oh, so it's a small lead. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go first. I read Catch Me If You Can, A Passport to Peril Mystery by Maddie Hunter. It is about Emily Michelli, Andrew Michelli, uh, married to a Swiss uh, police captain, which was kind of fun because okay. this is the, the X in a number of books. I didn't really gather how many. Uh, she is married to the former Swiss policeman Etienne. Uh, so a French name, a, an Italian last name. And a German-French-Italian accent. It's like, just because they speak all three of those languages the accent in Switzerland. The accent is going to be a hybrid, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, That's so not how accents work. She is from Windsor City, Iowa, a made-up town. Uh, there is Windsor Heights in Des Moines, but that is a suburb. Uh, and this has led to believe more like a, a, a Pella-sized city uh that's just got made up, which is fine because she's fine with making up a whole lot of other stuff about islands. For example, she is a Emily is a tour guide uh, that that books tours mainly for old I like retired folks, uh, and this is like the upteenth time they've gone on a tour guide a tour, and every single time somebody dies. Like someone like, on their tour group, she should yeah. stop taking old people. Well, yeah, well, apparently they're mostly foul play. Oh. And it's like, they're, you know, this is supposed to be, a, my thesis for this one is that this is supposed to be a breezy murder mystery, which is an, a, a, a conflation of values, even on itself, like a breezy murder, like somebody died. And this goes like far beyond that ability. Uh, but like, if you're a food critic, which happens a lot, or a pet psychic, like the one Christmas book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can stumble upon dead bodies in any number of ways. But when you lead a tour and your tour people keep dying, people will stop going on your tour. And that's mildly addressed. 
but never really addressed as to why this this uh, uh, company like has not folded. These Iowan senior citizens keep chilling, killing each other. I don't know what happened to the rest of them, but uh, yeah, it's a bunch of Iowan retired people. They're all Norse. Iowans aren't Norse. Yeah, they're, we're not really known for our Norwegian. Uh, they're like, Swedish. Yeah, mo- well, they're mostly German. Stop thinking that Albert City is all of Iowa. Albert City is all of Iowa. All Iowans are Swedish. They're mostly German, Swedish, and Dutch are the common white people uh, descendants we have here in Iowa, but they made them, for some reason, this town and a group of Iowans, Norse. Uh, so Thor Thurson, for example, is one of the people in that is okay, just because you're of a certain descent does not mean you continue to name people those things. Yeah, like, but it's, you know, it's literature. The guy who is a, a wolf in Harry Potter had the last name Lupin. Lupin, eh, I suppose. Um, so they're off to Alaska, which is a beautiful place, and they're off in the summertime. Uh, and I we don't get to see anyone dot Like, we don't have a death on our hands until page 89, and what out of a happens in the first just, 88 pages just book just keeps happening this is only this is less than fewer than 300 pages long and so for no one to die until page 89 is just kind of ridiculous hey mick yes must be nice to have a book that's less than 300 pages long oh you're welcome oh i'm sorry page 85 um so most of my notes take place before page 85 and then the i started skimming real hard because the lady died and they just go back to doing what they were doing before. Like, uh, so they're on top of a mountain, and it's it's referenced that it kind of looks like a the mountain from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, that there's like a chalet at the top, and there's as they're on their way up in this lift, they're thinking that they're going to see all the female supermodels training to be assassins up at the top and everything. Um, but, so the, the old people are walking around, and they get separated, and then fog comes down, and... One woman was in a fight, so she's going to walk back to the hotel down. That She's like a CrossFit old person. Uh, and so she's going to walk back down to the... Does their small town have an old people CrossFit studio? Oh, she's like really fit. Um, so she's going to walk back down because she doesn't want to spend time. There's like a huge major asshole in this is tour guy. That's Thor. I thought for sure he was going to be the one to die because he's a huge asshole. Uh, and then they get to the... Uh, you know, they eat their dinner and they're on their way back to whatever and they go looking for this woman, Daphne, I believe her name was. I didn't write it down. Uh, and she's not there. She has died on the way and it's foggy. And so literally anybody else in the world would just be like, oh, yeah, well, she fell in the fog and she's an old person and she was hiking down a mountain and yeah. she died. And no, immediately everyone's like, do you think she's murdered? It's like, n- normal people wouldn't assume that, everybody. Yeah. And it's like, they're, the police have reason to believe that she was murdered because she's missing, well, we don't find this out, but she's missing her phone, uh, and she had, like, uh, bruising on her neck or something like that. So, oh, okay. they have reason to believe that she's been murdered, but we, the reader, don't, except for the fact that we're reading a murder mystery book. So we know it's got to be foul play. Yeah, but then they just go back to doing their Alaskan tour guide thing. Oh, no. And it's like, aren't these old people wacky? Because Allison's, or yeah, Allison's dad, Emily's dad, excuse me. I'll talk about Allison here in a second. But Emily's dad takes a random picture that happens to have a fuzzy figure at the bottom corner. And that's what people think is Bigfoot. 
And so they are, the old people are obsessed with their phones, which is a funny detail, or a detail I thought was pretty funny that yeah. old people are more obsessed with like Facebook likes than young people are actually, um, was kind of funny. And uh, also old people are weirdly attached to filming every second of a concert on their phone. Yeah. So like she, there, there are a couple references and it starts to get a little old how many there are, but to like, they'll, they're not actually looking at any of the scenery cause they're too busy like taking selfies with it that are mostly their own face. <laughs> Uh, which is pretty good. Um, and so the, there's a fuzzy f- figure in the dad's picture, and everyone thinks it's Bigfoot. And so now the local news is coming to interview. And Bigfoot, do you think Bigfoot murdered her? And it's like, like, I get that this isn't going to be a taut thriller. But at the same time, people don't just hear that one of their friends died and then start like the- theorizing about Bigfoot killing her. No. And so, and then they're, like, cracking jokes and doing other stuff, and it just reads as totally, like, a woman is dead! Yeah, and all <laughs> these people are being super callous about yeah, it. Yeah, like, a woman has died. She's still laying on the hiking trail. Her body's probably not even cold yet. Like, Jesus. I thought for sure Thor was gonna die, but he didn't. Daphne dies, and um, we were supposed to go meet a uh, tour guide named Allison Pickles. She a rug rat? No, she uh, she's apparently just dropped dead gorgeous and super hot. Uh, well, the universe had to give her something if her last name is Pickles. Well, yeah, and I was like, oh, we're not going to meet her, but then we do. So I guess there's a red herring that we were going to avoid her. So I don't know. Um, the author is very clearly not Iowan, despite being from Madison, Wisconsin. That it lists PDQs and 7-Elevens as, as co- convenience stores that our Iowan oh, protagonists yeah, would be no, thinking about. Oh, yeah, no, she's definitely from Wisconsin. Yeah, it'd be Casey's there, bro. Um, Casey's in come and go. So both Bigfoot and Daphne are explained on page 85 at the same time. And like, so we just do a lot of not plot for 85 pages and then all the plot in one page. No, all the mention of what the book is going to be about, but no actual plot. Because then we go back to, you know, whitewater rafting and we're on the bus and normal here. Yeah, totally normal. And so I did some pretty hefty skimming because in a lot of this book, it's just old people being shitty. And like all the time, they're just not listening and Thor's being an asshole continually. And then we move on to the next town after after a round of interviews. Uh, and Thor Thorson and the rest are going zip lining, And they're up on this high thing. And they're supposed to clip their clips to the wire on the tower. Clip a different one to the zip line. Then unclip themselves from the tower to make sure if they fall off, they won't actually fall off. And Thor tries to budge in line as he has done 18 different times and falls off the tower and dies. Oh, shit. So two people die. Thor does die. I was right. I was just a little out of order. Yes, two people die. And everybody gets down to the bottom and everyone starts asking questions about who, like, who did this? We were looking for finger. And, like, he budged in line. Like, he wanted to get around to the- You saw it happen. Yeah, and, like, he's totally the guy who would have done this thing. But everyone automatically assumes murder. And the shitty thing about both of them is that they're both murders. It's like, not every death has to be a murder. Yeah. Um, Also, if- these if these people keep going on trips together and people keep getting murdered, I have to assume that either they hope that they're the next one to get murdered or they're like really into it. Yeah, they're hoping they die, you know. Yeah. Um but so during this, by the way, we're also getting texts from I will say this, very like, hey, this is the way it was and deal with it and it's cool. Uh Emily's ex husband, Jack divorced her and then obviously being an ex-husband and then got gender reassignment surgery and is now like a voluptuous 
uh, still written a little bit like a drag queen, like a, uh, oh honey, can I buy some wigs or whatever, and always like putting on massive amounts of makeup. But apparently, she has had relationships with multiple men and is like the 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 talk of the town with the tour guide. She's starting a mm-hmm. satellite arm of their tour company, and she's like getting followed around by all these old guys because she's <laughs> so hot. So it's like cool, I guess. Except that the wife still calls her Jack, <laughs> like, and it, it, and you know, uh, she went by Jackie, which is not much of a change. No. Um, but the, it seems to be an agreed upon thing between the two of them. As long as it's agreed upon, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, that's I'm pretty. Sure that's like a complicated relationship. If that's the thing oh, yeah. that you agree upon that works for you, sure. In an old people murder mystery, the fact that there's a transgender character that is living their life and has a life separate from being a transgender character, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but the notes we get from Jackie back in Iowa, which is open, they're like, there there's an amusement park in Iowa. I'm like, yeah, it's called Adventureland. They're like, no, it's a farm themed, uh, and I'm like, not literally everything in Iowa is a farm. There's more than corn and pigs in Iowa. I'm fine with you occasionally making fun of Iowa for being farm town and stuff like that, but we wouldn't build a bumper cars where the cars are John Deere tractors. Like, not everything is the state fair. No one would disrespect John Deere that way. (laughs) Um, But through a series of just increasingly unlikely errors, uh, Jackie's people are also not dying but getting seriously, seriously hurt. For example, one night at the hotel, the tour guide decides to help out some of the older ladies with some beauty tips, so she's applying makeup to the the old ladies' faces back in Iowa, mind you, not in Alaska. Okay. We get this B-plot about what's happening in Iowa. I'm like, a woman has died. Aren't we supposed to be solving... And a man. Yeah. Two people We're supposed to be solving this mystery. Uh, While she's putting on this makeup, it turns out that one of the women is severely allergic to it, so she has to go to the hospital and nearly goes into cardiac arrest. Then two old men get on the bumper cars and don't strap in the, the seatbelt. They both run into the same support bowl, pole and are flung out of the bumper cars and uh, break multiple bones. Dang. Then two old women are cajoled into going down a water slide. Gross. A water <laughs> slide in pants and a shirt. Like it's kind of pitched as just like a Iowa fair slide, but okay. also as a water slide. And they come out going too fast at the end and flip over the edge of the water slide and skid for like 15 feet on the concrete and get majorly hurt. Yeah. And so it's like, geez, like, is this Murphy's Law, Old People, the book? Like, I know Murphy is an old person's name, but geez, everything that can go wrong. So we continue to go and they're trying to unpack some stuff. And I, I called it a little bit late uh, for one of the deaths, but uh, actually, no, I was a little bit wrong. Uh, it turns out that Allison Pickles, the tour guide, spoiler alert, I would not recommend reading this, so I'm just going to tell you. Allison Pickles, the tour guide, is a, uh, a black widow, a repeat murderer meeting old men, uh, causing their deaths accidentally, mainly by waxing the floor in the shower, and then they trip and fall and die. Lame. And she gets their money, and one of the men on this tour had tried to meet up with her on, like, a senior dating site and didn't tell her he was married, and... So he he gets beat up by his wife with her purse, which is pretty funny. And so she was hoping to, uh, like, kill him later, have him divorce his wife somehow. And so Thor Thorson's death was the husband trying to unclip his wife's carabiner, 
unclips the wrong one, and Thor uh, goes over the side. So, ew, so he was going to murder his wife, but he murdered, murdered the this wrong other guy. dude instead? Yeah. Yuck. Yuck indeed. Yuckarooskies. Uh, and so then the murder of the woman was the only other character we'd been met that had never even been addressed with regards to alibis or what were you doing at the time or whatever. And it's the bus driver, and he's the guy who killed her. Mm, why did he kill her? He's a serial killer. That's just what he does. That's as much of a motive as we got. That's lame. <laughs> he just straight, up, just straight up says, I don't know. Like, he literally says, I don't know. It's just what I do. I want to find it because it's amazing. Oh, uh, that's so lame. That's the only quote that I, I wrote down because there's not a lot of funny writing in here. It's it's all very well done. Like, it's all written like it needs to be written, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I shook my head in utter bewilderment. Why? He gave his shoulder a casual roll. No reason. It's what I do. Oh my god. <laughs> so, you know, uh, points for brevity, just, I guess. It's just what you do. So yeah, then it's we... Just what you do. Uh, uh, there's also a, a C plot. There's just so many plots. A C and a D plot of uh, one of the wives on the trip's husband is on the city council back home, and he had to take a last-minute trip to North Carolina to meet with this land developer to go... Uh, get wined and dined and bribed into selling some land, but it turns out that land is Allison's dad and eminent domain and government abuse. And then this uh, guy whose wife had to stay home because her mother broke her hip suddenly uh, isn't answering any of her phone and the bank accounts have been cleared out and they think she's been kidnapped. And I, as soon as I saw the bank accounts have been cleared out, I was like, well, she left. She just ran away. Yeah. And they ran away together and they're in the background of the pictures that Jackie, the tour guide back in Iowa, is sending Emily, and so the the husband and wife ran ran away with each other. Oh, it's like why, with as many plots as we're carrying here, why did we need, why did that, we need that C one? plot? Yeah, like I'm getting I'm getting lost here, and plus the whole Bigfoot thing. I skipped over a lot of the Bigfoot stuff because it was basically just reporters asking, "Do you think Bigfoot killed this lady?" Which is not what anybody would have done. No, uh, and at the end of the very at the very end of the book, they see Bigfoot. The end. No. No, 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 no. No. Like, a- like, a- a- act- yeah, actually Bigfoot? With the bird still squawking, I lowered my gaze to the forest floor, noticing a shadow amid the trees. A tall, linear-shaped... Linear is not a shape, it's a... Yeah. Whatever. Talk shadow. And it wasn't stationary. <laughs> it was moving very slowly, prowling, skulking. Do you see that? I pointed in the approximate direction. A shadowy thing in the trees. It's moving to the left. His, the husband, your eyes may be better than mine, Bella. Do you have your phone? He placed it in my hand. I focused on the shape and captured it in frame, then expanded the image to a magnification we could both see. Merda, swore Etienne. What does this look like to you? Merda, he repeated. And it's like, wow, it looks like shit. Thanks a lot. Says, I can see how it must be mistaken for a tree, but trees, blah, 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 blah. So what are you going to do, said Etienne. I looked from the readout screen to the woods, then back to the screen. Only one thing to do. I hit the little trash icon on his phone and watched the screen fade to black. I could hear the relief in Etienne's voice as he whispered against the curve of my ear, exactly what I was hoping you'd do. So they, they help cover up the existence of Bigfoot to end this murder mystery. No. No, they don't. Yeah, Bigfoot's real. No, they don't. Bigfoot's real and he's here. Get used to it. Why? Was Bigfoot there? He didn't play any role in the entire plot. It was just quirky and fun, I think. No. Yeah. No, that Sue. didn't happen. Nope, there what? was no Bigfoot. Sue, this bibliophile is a... I just... Ugh, why? Why not? It's a murder mystery where two people died. And... 
Uh, it's too a much. A woman's name was Allison Pickles. My brain can't handle it. Why do these books always have to have Bigfoot? This is like the third one that's had Bigfoot in it. Listen, you pick the book. With because Bigfoot of Bigfoot. The... I know. I know. So you can't, know. You can't I know. blame anybody. I can, not... One thing I do want to give Maddie Hunter credit for, there were a couple lines that, there were more lines that I rolled my eyes and said, ugh, I don't care. But there were several lines that were quite funny. If you want to see how she is funny, uh, these are the other books in the series. Alpine for you. Topo the Morning, as in I am sad. Pasta Imperfect. Uh, Hula Done It. G'day to Die, Norway to Hide, Dutch Me Deadly, Bonnie of Evidence, I don't know what that's supposed to be, Fleur de Lies, From Bad to Verst, and Say No More, like the Scottish Moors. So she's, <laughs> I like From Bad to Verst. Yeah, she's a she's an accomplished pun uh, saleswoman. Like that one um, series that we, we both read a book of it where it was all based on songs and it was about a family of assassins. Oh, yeah. The um, one you read the my, entire... I did. I got the flu and I read the whole series in like two and a half days. Um, gosh, what was that called? One of them was... I Shot You, Babe. I Shot You, Babe. I can't remember what the rest of them were. Excuse me while I kill this guy was one of them. Naturally. Anyway. So I Good read... Back. Archangel's Legion by Nalini Singh. And I think it's important. We talked about this at the end of the last episode, but I, I really think it's important that we revisit it. Mick, can you describe to our listeners the cover of this book? Uh, so we got a beach blonde woman with her dark roots already coming out. It's like, thanks for dying the roots, buddy. Uh, she has on what can be described as a tank top underneath what can be described as most of a... a What's that thing you a wear? Bustier? A bustier? Sure. A corset? A corset. Uh, but only partial things remain of the tank top, seeing as we can see most of her chest as she is pushing her large boobies out with her arms. She's holding a small crossbow like it is a pistol, which I believe it probably was before they photoshopped the crossbow in there. And she has angel's wings uh, and leather pants. Uh, it says, a guild hunter's novel, first time in print, I had to get it. Yeah, so this is, in terms of, like, the writing style, like, the writing is actually pretty good because this is part of a series by Nalini Singh called the Guild Hunter novels. There are, it looks like, um, this Ma- is Maddie Hunter and Guild Hunter, is this the episode? Sixth of them? In the Hunters episode? Yeah, there's the Hunters episode. Um, this is the sixth book. It is apparently a series that has quite the following amongst the kind of people that Who would follow such visit a sites like Supernatural Snark and are members of something called the Vampire Book Club or post on a website called heroesandheartbreakers.com. So she has... Smexy books. Yeah. She's written several of these. Um, they follow, like, in this universe angels are real and there are like six archangels that um rule different parts of the world like one per continent basically yeah how'd you like to be the the angel in charge of asia and be like i really have to respect this europe thing Ugh, how western so actually the archangel of asia is like our big baddie oh <laughs> in this well it's probably because they're frustrated um and then we become friends with the archangel of yeah that noise you hear is finn trying to destroy his only remaining toy um <laughs> which he just stopped and looked up like really <laughs> yeah are we are we throwing shade at you bud so the archangel that rules over i guess 
uh, the United States. He is like stationed. His capital, his tower, George Bush. Uh, is in New York. His name is Raphael. And so this series follows Raphael and his um, consort. His consort. Yes. I got it. You got it. Woo! His consort, whose name is Elena. Elena was mortal, but she was made immortal because she fell in love with Raphael. So she's like a baby immortal. Um, so Ew. in this. You fell in love with a baby? In this. Uh, I have a quick question. I know I'm yeah. interrupting you a thousand times. It's okay. Is Raphael, Raphael the archangel? Yeah. Are there other archangels that are named after the other Ninja Turtles? No. Is Michael one of the other ones? No. So they just made up archangels then. Raphael, Elijah, Lawan is the one from the the one who oversees the continent of Asia. Um, Chrysemnon is, I think, Europe. Okay. And I can't remember who the other one is. Elijah's a yeah. prophet. We all know that, right? Yes. Uh, in this, Elijah is an archangel. You're asking it to make sense, Mick, and it doesn't. Is this like... You just have to kind of go with it. Does this even vibe with a, a hint of flavor, a LaCroix spritz of Christianity? No, not even a little bit. Okay. There's no, like, there's no God. Wow. Strong words. <laughs> there is only archangel. Um, so, in this universe, there's... Angels and vampires. Vampires are also real. Vampires are made by arch- like by angels. So humans can be, for whatever genetic reason, uh, can be candidates for vampiredom. God, why did eugenics have to come into this? And if an angel agrees to turn them into a vampire, they get immortality in exchange for a hundred years of service. So once they're made, once they're turned into a vampire, they have to perform 100 years of service to the angel that made them before they can just like live their life and, and be an immortal vampire. Do they have to drink blood? They do. Human blood? Yes. Why are angels doing this? But so like the good angels don't like, kill humans when they feed they just feed oh angels but also feed on humans no no no, no. Or, i'm sorry the good vampires i mean oh, okay. the good vampires um but then there's bad vampires who like kill humans or decide not to do their hundred years of service and so to get rid of the bad vampires we have and this is also like a genetic thing this is not a job description it is like a type of person called hunters and the hunters all belong to a guild um, and they hunt vampires. And so you are, like, hunter-born. Then why are they and called so guild hunters? Elena is hunter-born. So she was a vampire hunter. And then she fell in love with the Archangel of New York. And then <laughs> she was turned immortal. So she's becoming an angel. or is an angel, but is still, like, growing. Hey, I'm turning vampire. I'm turning vampire here. I'm sucking blood. Oh, I'm an angel here. Hey. Um, there's some, like, the, overall, it's pretty well written, but there's some weird I lines doubt it. in here. Like, Raphael was a man blooded with power. I don't know what that means. Um, they like to drop in things that happened in the previous books without providing any explanation for them at all, Mwah. which I'm sort of Perfect. grateful for because I don't really care 
But also, I have no idea what the hell is happening. Like, the last time Elena had been to an immortal ball, she'd ended up bathing in the blood of the reborn while Beijing burned around her. <laughs> That's a lot, and you just didn't give me any explanation of it. Hey, I got your immortal ball right here. Oh! <laughs> um, is this going to be season two's new character? Hey, I really hope not. I'm reoccurring <laughs> here. I'm reading here. So... The, like, sort of inciting incident in this book is that uh, angels just sort of fall from the sky. They don't die. They just, like, are knocked unconscious and they fall from the sky. vampires get sick. But some of them die because when they fall, some of them are met with horrific accidents. Uh, Two died as a result of decapitation combined with major heart damage when they fell into traffic in front of vehicles that couldn't stop in time. Another was decapitated after she hit the sharp corner of a building, her body breaking into multiple pieces on impact with the street. And we lost the last when he fell into a rooftop exhaust system. The humans did all they could, but the velocity of his fall into the blades meant there was no hope of survival. His body was sliced into shreds. So this is not like a secret society, this whole angel. No, they're like out there. Mm. Yeah, well, they, they're out there, all right. Well, they have gigantic wings, and so like tapes. I don't really feel like it's a thing that they can hide. Um, not trying to. There's hide. just so you know how in uh, like I feel like I reference everything back to Otherworld, but you know how in the Otherworld books they'll be in like the middle of the main action, and then all of a sudden they'll just go have on a like a little side quest yeah. that never becomes prevalent. So <clears throat> a similar thing happens in this book. We spend several chapters um, where. Elena has, like, a call from the guild. She has to hunt for Daryl, who's a guild member who's gone missing. Um, They're afraid that he's gone insane. But they find him, and he's just hanging out at his house with prostitutes. Hell yeah, bud. That's all. We never hear about Daryl again. Um, There are so many sex scenes. They have sex so many times. Nice. Um, It's, like, a form of healing for them. And, like, they get their power regenerated. Yeah. Isn't that a Prince song? No, it's a Marvin Gaye song. Oh, Marvin Gaye song. Um, in one of the sex scenes, he takes off her knife holster because she always has knives hidden around her body um, as they're boning. And he says, as beautiful as this sheath is, I much prefer the one which holds my blade. <laughs> Bruh. And then at the end of that sex scene, Gross. it says, and a certain blade and sheath once more proved their perfect fit. <laughs> nice i'm glad yeah. her vagina is shaped good yeah i'm glad that his wiener fits what do you in think there an nice. archangel wiener is like well apparently sometimes... when he's angry it gets really cold Ugh. yeah Why do you know i that? would not want that what did she like insult him during sex and he's like what well he no he's like angry about all the things that are happening because lawan the I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. Liwan, Liwan is the archangel, is an archangel, another archangel, and she is trying to take over. She is in league with Chrysemnin, who's another one of the archangels. He has figured out a disease that can infect vampires, and it's like basically the bubonic plague. Damn. Only for vampires. Anti-vaxxers. Right? Anti-vampers. And then Liwan is like, gathering her forces to invade new york um like the muppets in the midst of all of this Raphael is developing these weird powers where there's this like little spot so like there's these weird powers that he keeps developing but it's like trying to claim him for the dark side like he's overwhelmed by this power 
And as it's growing, there's this little spot on his cheek of red that keeps growing. It's like this mark. She's like, the power is branding you. And every time he's like almost overwhelmed by this power, the mark grows more. Um, And then Athena jumps out of it. And then we also have this backstory about Elena's family where a vampire murdered her two oldest siblings and then her mom went crazy and committed suicide. And so her dad doesn't want her to, didn't want her to become a guild hunter. When she did, he disowned her. He remarried, had two other kids. And so then her, one of her stepsisters is, or half sisters also wants to become a guild hunter or like is hunter born. And so he's like threatening to disown the little sister. So we get like, family drama on top of like the fucking world is about to end um we have the angels falling the hudson river turns to blood the vampires ah, are all sick Moses. um yeah that's the only like vague connection to christianity is like the, and that's these, judaism to boot yeah is like these plagues um but they're not exact replicas like there's no locusts no one kills everyone's firstborn um, but then we have this big battle scene at the end. Um, it's like four days long and the, the, uh, Arch- Archangels, the, his group of people, his fighters, his army, mm-hmm. like they're almost all of them are killed. Like they're about to lose and they're about to lose the city. And so as sort of like a last ditch effort to try to save his people and like eliminate this scary evil that's about to take over this other archangel um elena and Raphael are basically about to like sacrifice themselves to kill her and right before they do that they're like flying up in the air they're about to charge her and then all of a sudden this like group of gray angels this is in the last 15 pages my angels this group of gray angels um with crossbows all shoot her all at once. So all of a sudden, this archangel is just like filled with crossbow bolts. And they're like, who are these? Who are these Grangels? And they are Legion. <laughs> and they are there to serve Raphael. And then the book ends. So the title is about the last 15 pages? Yeah, we don't know. We don't hear anything about them. We have no idea that they exist until the last 15 pages. They show up. They save the day. He has to find a place for them all to live because they're part of his army now. And then well, the book ends. There's a lot of vacancies, I've, I've heard. Well, yeah, apparently. Um, and then the book ends. Isn't Legion a demon? Well, Art so then Legion he, a demon? he is talking to Elena about how when he was growing up, he would hear all these stories like Legion were considered like it was like the boogeyman, right? Like you better eat your vegetables or the Legion will get you. When he's sitting at home with his archangel mom? Yeah. Now listen, Raphael. Her name's Callianne. If you don't eat that broccoli, my name's not Callianne. So. Was it 1491? They're like, good guys? The Legion? Okay. I guess. I don't know. You're looking at me like was I have there, answers and I don't. Was there anything about the Asian archangel that made her seem especially evil? Or is it just that she's bad? Um, so like, is she, there a difference in philosophy? So she... communist? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. Which is good. Um, I was afraid it was going to get racist, but it didn't. Um, she just has been corrupted. So, like, 
something happened in one of the previous books where all six of the archangels are developing new powers and her power that she is developing turned her evil. Like she couldn't integrate her power for good. It like turned her. She's a lesbian. No. Do we ever figure out what that red spot was? Um, it was it was somehow connected to the Legion. Like it's a sign of his power because they have it too. Mm. So who's the archangel in Asia now? Well, so Liwan wasn't killed. She was just temporarily disembodied. So she'll be back, probably. Liwan, my angel, you were temporarily dead do you still feel the bolts so that, that was, the legion shot to you that was this book but there is something in this book man that just made my heart so happy is this about the thing in the package or i have a diff- surprise okay for you. i have a quick question before okay. you get to surprise. do you ever wish that books used biblical representations of angels that they're like, oh, yeah, I've got this angel army. Come see. And it's like, ah, that's just like 50,000 eyes on a ball. Yeah. And they're Dude. all just like terrifying and very abstract. Yeah. That man has a sword for a tongue. It's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> I wish that would happen. All right. Sorry. I wanted to ask but about But then it biblically. wouldn't be as sexy. I don't know. What are you into? I don't know. These guys are just mostly into each other. Mm. Yeah. And they're... Sometimes they will fly around New York City, and then they will have sex in the air while they fly. Ah, like eagles. Mm-hmm. Like the eagles. Like Don The Henley. band? Yeah. <laughs> the who? Yes. <laughs> so the thing that I'm really excited about, sometimes when I start a new bibliophile book, I like to read all the stuff at the front, like the praise for this author's other books or other titles by this author. And so I was, I was skimming through... Other titles by Nalini Singh. And she has the Psy Changeling series and the Guild Hunter series. And then there's a section for collaborations. Uh-oh. And I noticed that Nalini Singh was part of a collaboration with three other authors, one of whom we've seen before. Okay, I've got two guesses. Three guesses. Okay, tell me your three guesses. Number one, Yasmin Galnor. No. Number, I fucking wish, but no. Number I'm saving the best for last. Number two, Lori Foster of the Christmas Sex Book. Close, and you'll see, but no. Uh, number three, I had it, and then I lost it. Whoever, Laura Lee of Midnight Sense. I need you to open one of your Christmas presents right now. I was going to wrap it, but I got too excited, so you, it, it's open already. I already opened it. You literally just have to reach into the box. Oh, God. <laughs> Christmas stories about a cat. This is ten times worse than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, you know, like, (laughs) the demon sex cult (laughs) travails. I'm so happy. It is not. It is the magical Christmas cat. All new stories by Laura Lee. So I hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Laura Lee of Midnight Sins fame. Aaron McCarthy. Nalini Singh from Your Book. Uh And Linda Winston. Winstead Jones. At least we finally can. Get... You read them back out loud. There's something magical, magical about Christmas and cats. <laughs> For and this should have quotes around it. Top selling <laughs> authors have special gift for you this year. Never before published holiday stories featuring passionate romance, paranormal adventure, and a distinctly alluring feline touch. Are they gonna fuck the cat? I don't know. I hope not. With 
four new stories, including <laughs> one featuring Laura Lee's genetically altered feline breeds. This is a collection packed with more surprises than Christmas morning and more chills than the snowiest winter night. How are you going to have the cover look like if a Hallmark movie <laughs> was a picture? This is in like, this is in, and I think it because it has magical in the name is sending me there. This is in magical treehouse font. Yes, it is. It is 100% in magical treehouse font. There's a snow globe and a little kitty. That's just raising his paw and looking at the title. He's as a if, wizard, Harry. As if he can't believe he's in this book. And then they're like, yeah, and there's a lot of half-breeds having sex in it, too. Like, you can't double off with I would, paranormal romance is what this is under. Oh, Literally, my first note on, on my book, Archangel's Legion, is this author w- wrote The Magical Christmas Cat with none other, none other than Laura Lee. Oh. So I know what Mick's next book is going to be. I literally, that, like, page two, I saw in her anthology section, The Magical Christmas Cat with Laura Lee, and I put the book down and got on Amazon and ordered that. Oh my goodness gracious. So Merry Christmas, honey. Thank you. I love you. I love you very much. Yeah. And you hate it? I can't believe Laura... We're going to find out what Laura Lee is outside of of Midnight Sins. Do you want to hear the different book I absolutely do. Oh, man, because... Finn is very interested Laura in Lee's book. is very Laura Lee. It's set in a community singer center. <laughs> Nalini sings is first. Stroke of enticement. Ugh. <laughs> Number uh, Aaron McCarthy's Christmas Brie. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Like it's the a cheese, cheese, but it's B R E E. So probably a person. Person. Linda Winstead Jones has sweet dreams. Are made of these. And last but not least, by Laura Lee. I can't. I'm going to barf when I say this. <laughs> Christmas Heat. <laughs> I'm actually surprised it's not Christmas Hunger. Remember how obsessed she was with Damned the word Hunger? Christmas. <laughs> My name is Mick Dickinson. This has been BiblioVal. You can find me on Twitter at DickyMoss. <laughs> D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. You can find Susan at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. You can follow Bibliovile on Twitter, B-I-L-B-I-O-V-I-L-E. Uh, I think I spelled that right. The theme music for our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Join us next time for our final episode as uh, Mick self-destructs and throws his microphone into the ocean. I love you very much, Susan. I love you very much, Charles and Matt. Have a good night.